0: Hi, I'm Kaylee Moore. And I'm Emma Samasco.
1: Welcome to Freelance Writing Coach, your go-to podcast for building a freelance writing business. In each
0: 20-minute episode, we'll do a deep dive into one area of business with the hope that our insights as successful freelance writers will educate and inspire you.
1: Automatic Evergreen, a fully managed newsletter service, that uses your existing content and one-to-one interviews to develop fresh content for a weekly email newsletter. Their team of experts creates the landing page, newsletter copy, and template. They even upload, format, and schedule the email so you never need to log into the email provider. Their goal is to provide a well-written, cash-flowing, on-time newsletter every single week that requires little to no time from you. Schedule a free discovery call today at yourweekly.email. Ever heard test your marketing but have no idea how to do that? Social, Google, cold pitches, newsletters, marketing can be an exhausting grind. What if you knew how to choose the best channels for your business? Growth Trackers is a membership for creative business owners who want to stay booked with less energy. Take charge of your leads when you learn how to find your get booked formula. Become a growth tracker at supereasydigital.com slash growth trackers use code FULLTIMEFREELANCE for 5% off your membership. You can probably hear the smile in my voice right now as I introduce this episode because it's one that I'm really excited about. I have been looking forward to this topic with Emma for a long time. And the topic is there is no topic. (laughs) So basically, we are just going to talk about what we're listening to, what we're reading, what we're liking right now, what we're doing outside of work. This is the non-work episode. And so if you've ever been listening to this podcast and wondered what we're like outside of the space of like freelance writing and marketing and all the businessy things that we talk about, this is a very exciting episode. So we're just kind of going to gab and you can be a fly on the wall. I wish that all of our listeners were here with us so it could be more of a conversation, but It's not. So it's just going to be Emma and I chatting. And so Emma, the first question I want to ask you, like I said, we were just talking before this recording started and I said, oh, these are all the things that I've wanted to ask you about lately. So let's start with like, what are you doing outside of work right now? That's getting you really excited. What are you excited about right now?
0: Oh, what a wonderful question. I am really excited about this local newsletter that I am working on so I live in this really cool weird neighborhood in San Jose I live in this house called an Eichler house you can google it but it's like a weird 60s post and beam construction and the neighborhood is sort of pleasant ish in that we have like loads of neighborhood things like we have a block party we have a fourth of july party and we have a neighborhood newsletter which is getting revived and i received a flyer that was like if you want to be involved in the blockhead that's what it's called get in touch and i was like i have to be involved with this this will like flex my creative writing muscles beyond just sort of this work freelancing i'm doing I felt like so excited about it and the first issue of the block is going to come out at the end of June and that has like I think it's print and I think the fact that it's this print paper it's gotten me off the screen I've connected with some other people in the neighborhood one of them is like another writerish type and the other one is a designer doing the layout and like it's just like it given me some go and I felt so excited about it and excited about ways that I can promote my neighbor also I don't know if anyone can hear this, but my gardener is right outside the door. Also a very Californian thing. Like if you <laughs> said my gardener and you lived anywhere else, people would be like, um, you have a gardener. In California, everybody has a gardener because things just grow out of control, but he's like outside my window
1: with like a leaf blower. Well, I can't hear him. Okay, good. Okay, good. Okay. Hopefully no one else can. Yes. That's exciting. Yes. I love that. So I've seen pictures of your house just from you and I going back and forth. It is, it's like very mid-century modern. It's very cool. It's very like, it's got its own vibe to it. It
0: definitely has a
1: vibe. Yeah. Do you feel that living in it? Does it make you feel a certain way? It took us forever
0: to buy a house we live in San Jose. Houses are, I was going to say a million dollars, but they're actually <laughs> like more than a million dollars. Like houses are so expensive. We waited forever to find a house. It took us a year and a half to buy. Like once we started looking. And it's like the most livable house that I've ever lived in. Like the layout is really natural. It's not a very big house, but yeah, it's been absolutely amazing. And I love our neighborhood. So this is good, Kaylee, that we're talking about things that are exciting because I feel like there's lots of stuff that's not exciting in my life right now. (laughs) This is good. Yeah, the neighborhood, the house, the blockhead has kind of given me this real like sense of grounding and rootedness that's felt really good. I'm curious from you, like, what are you excited about right now?
1: Yeah. So I moved into a new house that, funny enough, is like catty corner from the house I grew up in that my parents built. So I could throw a football and hit it. That's kind of weird. But we moved in, I think, a year and a half ago or maybe two years ago. I don't know. I've lost all track of time. But we've just recently finished up all of our renovation projects, so it feels very finished now. And one thing that's really exciting is we have – this small pond in our backyard and Brandon and I, my husband have had, kayaks for a long time, but it's always been a pain in the ass because you have to load them on the car and you have to like tote them around and they're heavy. But now I can just drag this thing down to the water and get in and go for a kayak. And so I've been doing that and it's been really relaxing at the end of the day. I'm really loving doing that. Even though I'm kind of paddling in a small circle, I mean, it's not big at all by any means, but it's been really, really nice. I've been excited to like use that thing I bought all those years ago and actually get some use out of it.
0: That is actually like the dream. Like I think we all want to live on a body of water and like take our kayak out. I'm curious how small it is. Like I sometimes see like a little bit of a picture of it on your Instagram and I'm like, is that a lake? What's going on with the ponds in the back? Like, is it only your house that's on
1: the pond? Is that like an Illinois thing? (laughs) What's going on with the pond? It's I live in a subdivision. So it's like its own little Thing. It's kind of set outside of town, but it's not a big pond. I would say to get around, there's probably like 20 houses around the edge of the pond. And it would, if I was to go around the whole perimeter, it would probably take me about 20 minutes.
0: 20 minutes is like, that's like bigger than the ponds that I'm thinking of.
1: Okay. Well, yeah, it's very functional. I'll say that. Is it a swimmable pond? I have seen people swimming in it. There are a lot of fish and snakes, which I'm not afraid of. I just don't really like to smell like pond water after I swim. So I have not done that. But if I'm on the kayak, I will like put my feet in the water or whatever.
0: So it's very like pondy, like that kind of boggy pond smell. Like,
1: yeah, yeah. Thankfully, there's no algae, but yeah. Oh, interesting. I'm like, there's
0: no ponds in my life. Like and where we live in California, there's no bodies of water besides swimming pools. And I'm like constantly harping on it. And a lot of my neighbors have pools and I'm like really trying to cozy up to them so I can get into their pool.
1: That is so funny. My neighbor next door has a super nice pool. And I so many times have been like, I wish I could just pay them a membership and get in their pool whenever I want. Cause they never use it. Yeah, maybe they would be happy
0: to have you use it, especially if it was like a defined time where you were like, can I go in there on Wednesdays from one to three and like they're not home and they don't care? Like maybe they would be happy to do it. Like I think some people with pools wish they were used more often and if someone was taking care of them, like I don't know if you have this where you live, but we have this thing called Swimply where you can rent a pool for a few hours. Yes, and I have done it several times. It's a ball. It's a little pricey, but not horrible. I mean, it's a lot less pricey than owning a pool. But I have done that a few times. And we have a membership at the local YMCA where they have like a kids' pool that we can go to and swim. So that's been good for my kiddos. But I grew up in a city on the ocean where I literally lived like a quarter mile from the beach. I would spend my summers walking down to the beach. There was uh, like a small lake in town. There were swimming pools. Like, there, it, like water, there was, it was a water world in the summer. And now I just feel like summer comes in San Jose. It's super hot. And I'm like always on a quest for a swimming pool. So when I hear about the pond, I'm like, put me under the brownie water. I can picture it exactly. <laughs> like I feel like I went to ponds like that as a kid in Vermont.
1: Yeah, it's kind of summer camp feeling. That's a good way to describe it. So let's talk about books next. I was reading your newsletter this morning. I got a few book recommendations there, but for the people who are listening, what are you reading right now that you thought was really good? Let's say like within the past six months, what have been your standouts?
0: I read The Late Comers. Did you read The Late Comers, Kaylee? I did not. The Late Comers was great. I highly recommend that book to the reader. Like if you're a freelance writer, you're also a reader, I hope. Kaylee and I both love fiction. Like, I feel like we should just set that context that we read a lot of, I would call it literary fiction. Like it's, we're not super into the like beach read lowbrow stuff, though there's nothing wrong with that. I just don't gravitate towards it. And I don't think you do either, Kaylee. But The Late Comers was excellent. I also really enjoyed, I call it The Tomorrows, but Tomorrow, Tomorrow, Tomorrow. Did you read Tomorrows? Yes. What did you think of it?
1: I thought it was good. I thought it was a little long. But I thought I liked the overall theme and like message of the story.
0: I'm guessing many of our listeners have read it. Did you like the scene in it where they were like inside a video game?
1: I did. I feel like the details have become fuzzy because it's been several months ago that I read it. It wasn't one of those books where like large chunks of scenes or anything like that stuck in my brain. And I feel like it did for a lot of other people. So I feel like that one just didn't sink in as much with me. Did you like it?
0: Yeah, I loved it, but I didn't like that scene. I actually had to not read that chapter because I found it. Can you hear it? You got to be able to hear the leaf flow Yeah, uh, sorry, everybody. But this is like what's going on in my life. So it's like appropriate in a way. And also my house has like not like the walls are very thin.
1: Okay, he's walking by. You mute for a second and I'll hop in with my book. Yeah, go. (laughs) Okay, so I think you described our interest very well. I would say that my kind of genre that I've gravitated to lately is this very strange, kind of unsettling, usually written by a female author, this fiction that's like very much inside the brain of the main character. And so, you get a lot of this like rich interior life that you don't normally get if you're just talking to a person, even if you're good friends. This is the stuff that you don't normally share with another human. So, it's very like psychological, it's got a lot of layers to it, the stuff that makes you really think. And sometimes it makes me very uncomfortable, but I think it's good because I appreciate the opportunity to be in somebody else's brain instead of my own. Sometimes I would like to shut off my own internal dialogue and have somebody else's take over. And it's kind of a cold comfort because it's like, oh, wow, everybody else has, or at least this writer has a similar brain where there's like just, it's a freaking carnival behind the closed eyes when you lay down at night. So a few that I have really liked lately, I really liked The Shimmering State. That was kind of a, it was kind of like science fiction-y, futuristic, but with a good overall theme about reality and choosing to exist in this world that we're born into. I don't want to give too much away there, but I thought that that was a really interesting one. A kind of a classic book that I read recently, I don't know why I hadn't read it yet at this point in my life, was Man's Search for Meaning. That was a really good one. It was a quick read. I felt like it had a lot of good perspective to just existing day-to-day and getting through hard stuff. It was written by a Holocaust survivor and has just a lot of good life lessons. So if you're somebody who read The Alchemist and you really liked that book, I would put this in the same bucket. Although it's not um, like a fictional story. It's somebody's actual experience going through the Holocaust. So obviously not a super fun read, but a lot of good insights there if that's something you're open to.
0: I read that in high school, but it's been, like, it's been, I don't want to age myself, but, like, I'm due for a reread of that.
1: Yes, it's very good. It's got a lot of good takeaways, a lot of good how-to-think-about-thinking type stuff. I
0: was just going to say that uh, you were asking me before about Night Bitch, and Night Bitch is so totally in this category of somebody's internal state, what they are thinking about, ruminating on, the ugly stuff that they're narrating through. The other author that I'm sure you've read, but I also recommend is I call her just Otessa, but Otessa Moshvig. So she's written Year of Rest and Relaxation, and she recently came out with a new one called Lapvona. And all of her books are so bizarre, and they're like this dark internal state. And I recently read her first novel called Eileen, which I don't think I would recommend. I'd recommend her other books. I didn't like that one. The others I like. It was so dark. It was so dark. It was grim. Grim. Exactly. There's another book that's kind of similar. It's called Very Cold People by Sarah Mangoso. Manguso. And that is not as negative as Otessa. It's set in New England and Massachusetts where I grew up, which I loved. And I thought that was like a really interesting one. Also, some woman's like crazy internal narrative.
1: Ooh. Yeah. A couple other in that category that I liked lately were Big Swiss. It's got a lot of sex stuff in it. So if you're not good with that, don't read it. Same with the book Acts of Service. I thought both were just so fascinating though, because it was such like pulling the curtain back on the internal workings and machinations of a female mind. I was like, oh my God, this is so compelling. I just couldn't put either of them down.
0: Oh, I'm gonna have to read both of those. Everyone listening, I trust Kaylee's book recommendations like a thousand times over because I think we have really similar tastes. So if you like vibe with our taste, then <laughs> you will love all of these recommendations or if they're like, because
1: I feel like our
0: taste is like, a little dark like slightly dark
1: it is some of this shit gets really dark so it yeah, it gets scary. It's not for everyone.
0: Yeah like I have a friend that I read books with and there's three of us and one of them is like your guys' like taste is just like a little too dark for me like you like these kind of depressing books. I don't think of them as depressing, but they're they're really exploring the nuances of existing. It's interesting. I think we should, as a compliment to this episode, we'll compile a recommended book list from us because I think that would be fun to put out. Ooh, yeah. So we should definitely do that. And in the interest of time, why don't we pivot to another topic, which is, have you been doing any interesting traveling, Kaylee? Or what are your current thoughts on travel? Like, do you want to go anywhere? Do you want to stay home? What's going on?
1: So it's nice here now. It's not nice very long here at all in the Midwest. So I'm trying to enjoy the weather here. I am going to a conference next week in Chicago, which is like four hours away, so not far. I do love going to the city. My husband and I have talked about going to New York in the fall because we always go when it's freezing, freezing cold. We would like to go there when it's actually nice out and have kind of like a you've got mail type situation in New York for the fall. And then other than that, I really want to go to a beach. I just want to go to the beach and read and sit by the ocean. I have not picked a beach. I do not know when, but that's kind of what's on my radar. What about you? You're pretty far from the beach. Very far. Not close at all. I mean, I will be by Lake Michigan, and we will go to it, and I think we're even going to take the dog later in the week. It doesn't have the waves like the ocean. I really like the waves. I love
0: ocean waves too.
1: You should come out here to Santa Cruz. We've talked about that, yeah.
0: Yeah, the water is cold-ish, but we can go in in Santa Cruz. Yeah, Kaylee and I have been talking about trying to get together this fall for a couple of days, maybe record our podcast live. We're dreaming about it. We haven't put legs to the idea yet because I think we're so busy, but we are thinking about that. I don't have a lot of travel plans, but I think I'm bound a bit by the children because it's not always super easy to travel with them. We're supposed to go to the East Coast for a couple of weeks over the summer. We're kind of laying low, I'd say. I don't have like major plans or any gallivants coming up. I'd like to see you in the fall. And I went to Palm Springs in April to for a bachelorette party, which was like very restorative and awesome. But that's, and that we've done like a couple trips to Monterey, which is near us where it's kind of beachy and that, but that's kind of it. It's been pretty low key. That's why I always ask you about it because I'm like, what are you doing? I want to live vicariously through you.
1: What are you watching right now? Are you watching any shows or have you seen any good movies that you were like, oh, that was great?
0: Oh, what was that show that was on about everybody hates so-and-so? Was that what it was called? Fleischman? Fleischman something? Fleischman's in trouble. Fleischman is in trouble. Everybody hates Fleischman, yes. (laughs) Fleischman is in trouble. (laughs) I watched, I found that really interesting. I don't want to give spoilers away about it, but I just felt like it was a really interesting examination of like, Modern life. It was like it wasn't always good. I didn't exactly know what to make of it, but I found it really, really interesting. I've been wrapping up the final season of the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which I've loved the show, but this final season isn't really doing it for me. What else? I don't know. Those are a couple things that spring to mind. I was just talking with about Fleischman is in trouble with somebody because I really resonate in some ways with that character who moves out to New Jersey who is like, well, because she's a writer and she's like, oh, I worked so hard to be a writer. And then I quit because I wasn't getting ahead. But like the possibilities of what I could be are kind of gone now. And I just I resonate with that, I think, because of what parenthood has done to me. And I am living out in the summer.
1: Yeah. So what about you? What are you watching? Any comedy? Well, continuing the theme with Lizzie Kaplan, who's also in Fleischman is in Trouble. And that's the character you were just talking about, actually. She is also in the new show, Fatal Attraction, which has Pacey from Dawson's Creek in it, Joshua Jackson. I really liked it. I never saw the original movie, but I thought the show was done really well. It also has Amanda Peet, who I love as an actress. We've been watching Dave. I'm not sure how I feel about it. There are a lot of episodes in there that are, like, very out there. I get that it's supposed to be artsy, and there are a lot of episodes that I really like. I like that they touch on mental health. I like that they touch on what it means to be a celebrity. But some of them, I'm just like, I don't know if this is for me. And then a funny one is the other two. So it's got Molly Shannon on it as the mom. It's basically about two older siblings who have a a famous, like a Justin Bieber-esque younger brother. And they're both in Hollywood trying to become, one's trying to become an actor, the other one's to be kind of in the industry. And so it's just following them along as like two older siblings trying to like, ride the coattails of their younger brother and it's funny, so. Yes,
0: yes, I have watched that show and it is funny. Like, I love comedies, but I don't feel like I've seen that many, like, great shows lately. Yeah. For many freelance writers, working alone can feel satisfying, except when it doesn't. Without a collaborator to share ideas and opinions, you may feel blocked. A survey on LinkedIn even revealed that 52% of writers struggle with being stuck, if you're one of them, book a session with Ivy Magic. Creative Director Jeannie Ivy's vast experience collaborating with writers can help you unlock your brightest, most effective work yet. Learn more at thativmagic.com/collaboration. B2B is an absolutely fabulous niche. That's why Kaylee and I work in the space. Today's sponsor is the B2B Writing Institute, which is run by Sarah Griesenbach, an incredibly talented former teacher turned freelance writer with 10 years experience in business to business writing. Sarah can teach you how to show, not sell, which means educating and explaining what you do rather than pushing sales. If you're interested in writing blogs, white papers, and case studies for B2B clients, even if you have no experience, head to b 2 bwritinginstitutecom and sign up for Sarah's email newsletter. I subscribe and I can tell you it'll make you laugh and make more money at the same time. Wait, I have another question. This sort of goes on. Like, are you like a music person? I don't even know if you're a music person. Like, I feel like I'm kind of a music person, but like, are you?
1: I am. So I'm very like anti-mainstream music. I'm not a Swifty. What? You're not a Swifty? Well, you know I'm a giant Swifty. I can appreciate her songwriting and there are some of her songs that I really like, but like I'm not going to the concert. Like I don't usually seek her out. And so maybe that's my Gretchen Rubin Four Tendencies rebel.
0: Oh my gosh, I love
1: Taylor. I don't like anything that everybody else likes. So that's annoying. But I will tell you that in the summer, especially I love to pop in my headphones at night and go for a walk or ride my bike. And what I've been listening to lately, it's mostly instrumental band, but they're called Krungbin. And it's kind of like this like Indian slash just like vibey it's hard to explain. It sounds like hippie music, but it's just, it really calms me. And so I really like that. It's, yeah, I'll put that in the show notes because you hear Krunkben and you're like, how do you even spell that? But I think it means airplane in a language that I don't speak. But what about you? What are you listening to right now? Well, I feel like I'm
0: always like two years behind what's cool um, with music. And also, like, I go back to old classics. So, like, my husband and I, before we had Winnie, we—that's that's my uh, second kid, we stayed in this really cool hotel. It was like sort of our like a baby moon. My mom was here and she stayed with Julian. But every hotel room had a turntable and in the main Ooh. lounge of the hotel, they had records. And we got really into the turntable and we ended up buying one and we hooked it up to like, are like the small Sono speaker and stuff. So we've been playing records. And what's really interesting about playing records is it's definitely like an outdated, there's like, my husband's always saying there's like, it's like doing a tea ceremony, but records are meant to be listened to like from front to back, right? Like there's a very deliberate sense of how long it's supposed to be and what Happens first and second. I think there still is, but not as much. And if you buy a modern record, there's often like three records in there because there's no like limits to what can be on an album. But because of this, we have bought some older records. So we've been listening to like a ton of the Beatles, which Chris and I are huge Beatles fans, which is like classic and boring and maybe mainstream in a way. We have the Talking Heads. Chris is really into jazz. I'm not into jazz as much, but he's really into like. It's Dave Brubeck or Grubeck? Dave Brubeck, I think. Yeah, Dave Brubeck. He's an American jazz pianist. And yeah, so like we have that record. And so I guess that's more of the medium that we've been listening to them in. And then in terms of like modern bands, I've been listening to this band called Muna, M-U-N-A. And I heard them on the Song Exploder podcast, which is one of my favorite podcasts. And it's actually led me into... Some really interesting music. They, Muna has the song called What I Want, which I find just completely enthralling. I'm also like a really big Taylor Swift fan, which I think you know about me. I am supposed to go to her concert. Chris and I are both pretty into Taylor Swift.
1: Yeah. Brandon, see, Brandon's more of a Swift fan than I am. He's been trying to convert me for years.
0: Even like her songwriting is really good. Like no one matches her. And I just feel like she's able to poignantly get at the human experience. I know there's people that find her grating and stuff. I don't understand it personally, but like, if you don't like Taylor Swift, that's fine. Even Julian, my four-year-old, loves Taylor Swift. And i will be like, can we listen to Taylor Swift? (laughs) He always says, who's singing? Who's singing? Is this Taylor Swift? Yeah. So uh, that's interesting. I don't feel like you and I have ever talked about music that this is like a first for us.
1: Yeah. So I've really been in a rut though. So I use Spotify and I've tried like they have this new DJ thing, which is like AI powered to bring that background. Oh, really? I haven't tried that. I didn't know about that. And I'm a big Spotifyer too. It's called DJ. Yeah. And it's actually like a DJ. Like he comes on, it's this, it's a cool voice. He calls himself, he's called X. I don't even know how you're supposed to refer to these entities, but- Yeah, Brandon loves his. He gets, like, a really – he has a really crazy varied music taste from, like, emo to country to Taylor Swift to, like, 70s classics. So his is all over the place. But mine is a lot of, like – I feel like I listen to, like, a lot of, like, Arlo Parks is one. So just kind of, like, sad, depressing.
0: I like that stuff,
1: too. I also like – I like dance music, too. So I listen to, like, a lot of Rihanna and, like, rap. Yeah. Just stuff with a good beat. I have been teaching dance classes, so I've had to- You have? Wait a sec. Back up. Stop the show. You've been teaching dance classes? This is what we should have had the whole episode on.
0: What is going on with the dance classes?
1: So we have a a yoga studio in town. They just opened a second half of the building where they're doing adult dance classes. And so once a week- there are four of us teachers and we rotate and one of us will teach a class. And so I've been going to them and teaching them. And so they're kind of like, like one night it'll be a heels class, which is like sexy, like slow. You actually wear high heels when you do the dance. Another time it'll be like kind of fast choreography to like a hip hop song or like a Rihanna song or whatever. And so when I've been doing it, it's been like pretty slow choreography. because It is difficult to remember the (laughs) steps. So I've been trying to make it like very accessible for the wide range of People who are coming to the class, but it's been really fun. Now, I did dance for years, so it's something I feel super comfortable with. And it's a form of exercise that I really, really like. And it also just feels like very confidence building to do it. Like if you find something that's like movement that makes you feel good in your body, that has been really great for me to kind of rediscover through this class.
0: I love that. I didn't know you were a dancer.
1: Did you dance like all the way through high school or how? Did. You did. I did. Yeah. I, and I even taught after in college and, and even like off and on since then. So, um, I'm not like a tap dancer. I don't have great feet. I'm not a ballerina, but I, I just like to dance. I feel like I can like catch rhythm pretty easily. Oh my gosh! Don't make
0: me more jealous of you than I already am. I'm the terrible dancer, horrible like two left feet. Chris and I took ballroom dancing lessons before our wedding. And then we took them after because we had this mo- the most fabulous teacher. And I really enjoyed that. I really like ballroom dancing. I mean, we were horrible, but I'm really jealous because I'm sort of like, when I took dance as a kid, I got demoted to the lower class. Oh no. And I didn't even feel bad about it. I was relieved because I couldn't keep up, but I was the worst. <laughs> I was the worst one in the demoted class.
1: Well, that's how I felt about math class. So I got demoted in math classes. So they were basically like, can you do simple addition? And I was like, no, I can't. I have a calculator.
0: Yeah, well, that's how I was about dance. So I'm really jealous that you are pursuing that, that you found, like, I think the magic thing about dance is it is something that you feel like good in your body when you're dancing and it's a way of working out that isn't so like I'm on a treadmill. Yes.
1: Yes. Yes. The only thing that's a little difficult to come to terms with is that there are mirrors in the studio, and that's how we're teaching the choreography, like watch me in the mirror. And so it's been interesting, you know, doing this my whole life and then jumping back in as an adult and having to see myself in the mirror and like my body is different and like I have to make eye contact with myself. And I spend so much time out of a mirror. Whereas before I was so used to it, it's been really difficult to get back in that zone of being comfortable in front of the mirror. So that's something I've been thinking about a lot and dealing with, yeah. Is it
0: because you don't feel like
1: confident
0: in yourself or like what's, I'm like, if I don't know, if Kaylee's looking in the mirror, I think things look pretty good. So like-
1: Well, I I feel like it's probably a lot of like self-worth stuff, right? Like bubbling to the surface and attaching it to physical things. But I think a lot of it too is like, there's been a 20 year gap of like, okay, I'm 18 and I do this three times a week for four hours at a time. Yeah. You know, get very comfortable with it. And that's like the mental picture you have of yourself in your brain. And then 20 years pass and you're back in that position again and you look different and you move differently and you have to make eye contact with yourself. And that's not something I'm used to doing. It's probably a good exercise for you though, Kaylee. It is. It is. It's made me like, think about that. Like, why are you feeling that way? What do you need to like work through? What's the deeper issue here? So yeah, that's been illuminating.
0: Yeah. That's really interesting. I've started doing bar although i haven't gone in several
1: weeks that's tough
0: yeah it's really hard it's a really hard workout but i feel like it's low impact which is really important for me like after having had a baby like i can't i would did orange theory forever and i just know that would be too much for me right now in terms of like the impact on my joints and all of the stuff i'm still carrying around a lot of extra weight from both babies so i think like finding opportunities to move for me there's just like this time issue right now where like I only have part-time childcare for Winona and I just can't get done all the stuff that I want to get done in a given day. And so it's really important to move to feel like like for my mental health, but I'm struggling to do it. Just like I feel like I'm in a what's that word? Like a not a time crunch, but like a time desert. Yeah. There's some word, there's some like better word for that when you feel like time deprived.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything like down the road in the future that you're looking forward to? I feel like that really helps me to have an anchor to cling to, especially when I'm having kind of a rough day. I'm like, oh, we have this coming up in the future. I'm I'm working towards this thing. Do you have anything like that right now? No, but I'm glad that you asked because I feel like I don't and
0: maybe that's not such a good thing. Like I feel like I'm wishing time away right now because my kids are little and hard. and so there's this thing where I'm like, oh my God, I want them to grow up a little bit because I need them to be more independent because like the physical demands of taking care of them are so high right now. But you saying that makes me think like, oh, I should be like a little future thinking about some of these things. And I'm not really right now. I think that's part of the struggle of what I'm going through. Even though I've been positive on this episode, I think about what I'm going through. Like it's actually been this spring since I had my second baby has been uniquely challenging. What about you? You must have something fun.
1: I mean, I don't really. I feel like I usually use trips in this way, but I haven't really made any plans to go on any big trips down the road. So maybe I need to do that as well. I think that I do better when I have something to look forward to. The one thing that's kind of on the shelf right now, but has been that thing for me is I have been reworking on my novel that I started three years ago. I did. National Novel Writing Month, which I think you were the one who originally told me about that. And I set it down for three years and was just kind of like, this is really crappy. Like, I don't even know what to do with it. Picked it back up in February and knocked out like 40,000 words of a total work, which is like, a, it's basically starting over. I'm not really using anything that was in the same version, but there was a nugget in there that I really liked. So is it the same like characters and idea or No. The characters are slightly different. I've cut a few and added a few new ones. The main character is still the same. The general premise of the of the thing is the same. But what I just recently had click in my brain the other day is that I wrote, I think at the time I was reading a lot of those like really formatty romance novels of like, like formulaic you mean? very formulaic. And it's like very surface level. And it's a lot of dialogue. I wrote the first version like that. And I was like, this is not what I like to read. This is not how I see myself as a writer. So I need to go back and write it as this, like more of this weird genre that you and I like, where the character is like really peeling back the curtain on the internal monologue and letting you inside their brain. And so that's been really interesting too, because in doing that, I'm writing these fictional characters and I'm learning so much about myself and how I see the world by putting it into other characters. And then I can read it and be like, oh my God, why do you think like that? That's terrible. <laughs> uh,
0: no, I think that's just a human experience. That makes me really want to read it, Kaylee.
1: But it's been really helpful too, because then I'll, I'll make a character do or say something. And I'm like, oh my God, what? Seeing that on the page, it's like a totally different perspective that I couldn't have got any other way. Where I'm like, oh my God, is that how you see the world? You need to work on that. Like, that's bad. So it's been a cool learning experience. I really, I appreciate that aspect of it, but I had to take a break. I kind of overdid it there for a little bit and was just cranking on it every day. I needed some space, some breathing room and to enjoy the nice weather while it's here. So I'm I'm taking a pause from it for the moment.
0: But you think you'll go back to that?
1: I will, yeah. I think I'll finish it and hopefully it'll get out in the world eventually. I'm just trying not to put too many like deadlines or hard stops or anything on that because that'll psych me out.
0: Got it. Got it. Well, I can't wait to read it when you're ready to share it. I want to be one of
1: the readers. Yeah, of course. So what should we close with here today? What do you think we should end with?
0: I don't know. We talked about books. We talked about music. We talked about kayaking
1: in your little pond in summer. Here's something I wanted to ask you. So I have been doing this thing lately where I'm double timing books. So I'll have one book in an audiobook format and one book that's a hard copy so I can switch back and forth because sometimes I get tired of reading the same thing for a long time. I wanted to ask you, what is your preferred format of a book? Do you like to listen or do you read the hard copy?
0: I don't listen. I read hard copies or Kindle. I get a lot of books from my library on Kindle because you can get free eBooks from your local library via Kindle. You have to wait for them because they'll only have a few copies, but... Yeah. I read a lot of books on Kindle and then I like hard copies. I don't listen to any books. I don't do a lot of listening.
1: Yeah. What about podcasts? You mentioned that one podcast. Do you listen to any others? I listen to podcasts
0: before I go to sleep. And sometimes when I'm cleaning up, if there's no children in the house, but it's pretty rare that I like have the time to myself. Now I'm like, this is like making me folk like reflect on like, oh man, I have like no time because I know everybody thinks they don't have time, but I'm just listening to you and like what you're doing and what you're up to. And I'm like not in a place right now. And it's my season of life. Like I only have, I have a four month old, right? Like right. Love. but it's really hard for me. I feel like to carve out the time to do stuff. And even when I'm in the car, I'm usually driving the kids around and like I could never listen to a podcast because I'm listening
1: to like kids songs. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you've got to keep them satisfied for the time being that's the stage that they're in it's like what can we do to just make this go smoothly I feel like that's kind of the mode I think I might get back into
0: the like podcast I was into audiobooks when I had a commute but that's been a while so yeah I don't do audio Okay. I'm surprised to hear you do
1: actually, but not in a negative way. Audio works great for lots of people. Yeah. I was very against it for a long time, but then I got tired of listening to podcasts all the time because a lot of them were like businessy and it made me stressed out. And so I was like, maybe I should just switch to a book. And so that's been good. When do you listen? Any downtime I have. Again, to drown out my own inner monologue, I'll pop those headphones in. If I'm like doing the dishes or folding laundry or going for a walk. Kaylee, Can you do... I'm sorry to interrupt. It's one of my bad qualities, but
0: it sounds like... Can you do me a favor? Sure. Can you... (laughs) I'm scared. No, no, no. Can you take the ananogram test? Have you taken it before?
1: I think I have, but I don't remember what I am.
0: Okay. You got to take it and let me know what you are because I think it would help me understand you better and I can share with you what I am and any listeners should take it because... I personality tests are like interesting because you can sort of identify where you are in the like spectrum of the human experience. And I'd just be curious what you
1: are. What's your astrology sign? A Libra, but I'm not really that into astrology. Okay. I'm an Aquarius for anybody who is. I know that some people like to categorize people that way. And I get a lot of memes about it. So that's been entertaining me lately. I don't know how much I believe in it, but it makes me laugh. So I'll have to look into the It's really
0: fun. Like I find astrology to be fun. I find the ananagram to be fun too. I think I prefer, like, I think I don't really believe in like, oh, you were born under a certain star. But I think that the personality types, like it requires you to do an assessment. Yes. Yeah. So there's like some data going in besides the month you were born, which like maybe I get that people think there's something to that, but I think the personality assessments are more interesting. Yeah. I want to know what you're in nanogram. Is. It's kind of like a modern Myers-Briggs. Like I think yeah. they all have like value and they all also like, I wouldn't like hang my hat on the results as to like how to change my life, but it is interesting.
1: Okay. Yeah. I'll check that out. Well, hopefully everybody listening has enjoyed this and is not totally bored by us just rambling about what we think is cool and exciting and what we're reading and listening and watching right now. But thank you for listening to this season of the podcast, or at least this episode. Emma, any parting words for our listeners?
0: No, thank you. Like not really besides thank you so much for listening. And if you made it all 40 minutes through this episode, I think you've made it into the best friend club. So if you've heard me say the
1: word best friend club, please like get into let it. Let us know on social media. Yeah. Let us know you made it. We will put your name down in a secret notebook. Yeah, exactly. Because you made it to the best friend club. Okay. Thank you guys so much. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the freelance writing coach podcast.
0: If you want more tips, tricks, and resources for building your business, visit FreelanceWritingCoachPodcast.com.